evening, everyone. Come on in and join us there from the foyer. Um, <clears throat> we are going to take you all to camp. Uh, that's uh, the emphasis tonight. It's the uh, youth night. And uh, this past um, month, uh, the church has uh, hosted two camps, one for the children, one for the teens. And so for the benefit of all, we're going to transport you all the way up to the mountain road camp. So um, you'll have to mind the mosquitoes, I suppose. Uh, the weather seems nice in the camp tonight and we're going to uh, have quite a, a production. So uh, up at camp, uh, they don't have piano, they have guitar. And so they're going to do some singing with the use of the guitar. We're really gonna make you think that you're uh, uh, in the backwoods tonight. Uh, so we have some special things planned and it's gonna finish up there. Pastor Tim is going to, uh, to give a, a devotional at the end. And so it'll feel just like you're at camp. So we're so happy that you came and let's look to the Lord now in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise and glorify your name for all of the wonderful things that you've done over this month. We pray, Lord, that you'd please bless the activities here in the service tonight. And we want to sort of pretend we're at camp, having a camp meeting. We thank you, Lord, for all of the things that will happen tonight. Father, please speak with our hearts, have thine own way and glorify thyself. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Pastor Tim. Good evening, everyone. So let me ask everyone to please stand as we sing our first song. It's not gonna be in our hymn book as per usual, but let's take our Bibles and open it to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, unto thee, O Lord, is the title of our song. And let me just uh, give you a few, a few explanations as to how we're gonna sing this song. Uh, verse 1 is, or stanza 1, I should say, is verse 1 of Psalm 25. The chorus is verse number 2. And then we'll have the next stanza is verse number 3. And then our very last stanza will be verse number 4. So as soon as I, we start singing, I'm going to have the teens dismiss, find their seats. We'll sing this twice and let's see if it all works out. All right, amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph. that way on thee be ashamed yea let none that way on thee be ashamed oh my God I trust in thee let me not be ashamed let not my
uh, the second time we'll sing this, uh, we're gonna do some echoes. Now I know some of the teens know the echo to the songs and maybe a few adults as well. So we'll sing it one more time. And if you know the echo, please sing along. Please sing as loud as you can. And we'll try it from the beginning. Verse one. Unto the old My soul unto the O Lord. Do I lift up my soul? Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. On the next stanza. so grateful that you're here today and we're excited about our youth sunday it only happens once a year and this is that time and to kick things off today we are going to have a couple of testimonies throughout the night and our first half of tonight is focused on junior camp so for junior camp we have a couple of young men our leaders actually who wanted to give a testimony regard in regard to teen camp excuse me junior camp and when that's done we're going to follow through with a junior camp song just for you guys today and you're going to help us sing it and i'm excited about this but for our testimony time tonight and if you guys would get ready one one right after the other we're going to start with brother tadala he's going to come up and as soon as he's done patrick you can follow up and come right beside him so tadala come on up and share it uh, the lord lays on your heart All right, 0.83%. Now, before I tell you, you know, what that number means, I just want to set up an analogy. So in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus, he was telling a parable. And in that parable, he talks about the sower. So the sower, he went out uh, to four different places. And three out of four of those times, the gospel, he, the, the, well, he threw the seed. And then the seed was, it was taken up or it was, it was choked away. So I say that number because that represents one hour out of 120 hours in a week. And that's usually how many hours that one of the bus children hear the gospel every week. So out of that one hour, 119 of those hours is usually spent, you know, not thinking about God or living in the world and, and getting that, that gospel or that, that, that message just choked out of them by the devil. And then the nice thing about camp is that we get to 
bring these children to camp that usually only hear the gospel, you know, one hour out of 120 hours. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just nothing but, you know, a Christian environment. It's just nothing but the gospel. And then you can really see, well, I mean, for, for me, I, I can really see that, that, that you know, the Lord and, and, and the Holy Spirit really begin to, to work in these children. And, you know, they start realizing, you know, that some of the stuff that they're doing is not right or some of the ways that they're living isn't right. And then, you know, they, they, they slowly begin to, 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 to 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 realize that 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 they need um God for a savior for first for some of them it's, it's just just the starting to click but then that's that's the really nice thing but then as soon as it's over again we go back to you know one hour out of 120 hours and then that's what we're working with so it's it's impossible odds but we serve a God that can do impossible things and, and you know that's what keeps me uh, so encouraged and then um, also the same thing uh, along the lines of camp it's also VBS too VBS is also a nice time because you know it's not just one hour for most of these children it's you know it's Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday and you know there's there's uh there's uh, two or three kids that you know come to my mind right now that 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 the Lord is really beginning to work on and uh, if you guys could just you know just pray that 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 for a lot of them, it's, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's different distractions that happen on Sunday that, you know, just keep them from coming to church and just experiencing that, 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 that one hour of the gospel or that, that one hour that the Lord can work in their hearts. And if you could just pray that, that, that the devil wouldn't be able to, to choke away that, that, uh, that gospel or, or that seed that's uh, being planted in their lives. So I'm really thankful for camp and then that, that just, just the, 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 the environment and, and, and the, 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 the leaders and then just the, and just, just, just the environment that most of these kids get to experience that, that, that they don't really experience, you know, uh, because most of them, they, they, they just, they don't think about God or, or just the, the God. God is just not a huge part of their lives. And even though we're trying to help them, it's, it's a slow process. And I'm just, I'm really thankful for camp and how the Lord has, has been using that in, in some of the kids' lives and, and slowly working to that. So if you would just pray and, you know, praise the Lord and, and we just hope to do everything to his glory. Uh, hello. So, uh, starting off with my testimony, um, this year, uh, 2018, was the first year, actually, that I was uh, one of the camp leaders, not only for teen camp, uh, but also for junior camp. But my testimony today will be uh, more focused uh, towards uh, junior camp. Now, uh, if you guys don't know, actually, this year, we tried to do a little bit something different. We, we split all the children up into two teams, uh, one, uh, one team, uh, the Vikings, and one team, the Spartans. Uh, my team won. Naturally, I mean, I mean, Talal, was there any question? I mean, Ivan, was there any question? No, there really wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't a question because our team was gonna win, and that's no. I'm uh, in all seriousness. Uh, that was um, on, only one of the many ways that this uh, year's uh, junior camp uh, was a victory. And um, what amazed me so much about camp this year was that uh, it wasn't uh, specifically uh, any of the Bible lessons, though they were uh, they were good. It was the campers. Uh, throughout the whole week, uh, the young campers and all the children there taught me something uh, without even trying to at all. Uh, they taught me to always uh, seek growth and to never be uh, complacent in your walk with God. Now you're probably asking, uh, Patrick, how is that possible? How could these children uh, teach you something like that? Uh, well, often I found that uh, when us Christians uh, 
usually older, uh, reach a certain point in our lives, we get to a point where we think that our, our walk with God and our spiritual status is uh, satisfactory. And we lose that uh, yearning for any more substantial growth or spiritual feeding. Uh, but the children at camp, they had, the children at camp had, have, they have uh, such a heart for God and uh, such a yearning for uh, the teaching of his word. And uh, more, uh, a lot of the times when I'm writing my lessons for the kids, I, I, I sometimes write, uh, I sometimes think to myself, I'm like, uh, will, they, will they understand this? Am I going too complex to them? Will I, am I talking too fast? Will, uh, maybe it'll go right over their heads. Uh, but at camp this year, uh, the kids, all the children there, they, 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 they were focused. Uh, at chapel, though our chapel services weren't all too long, they were, they were focused and they, they had their heads uh, and all their eyes on the preacher, uh, just like we would expect anyone else to uh, at a regular uh, church service. And I just learned from them that uh, to just never lose that vigor or that, that child's heart, uh, trying to seek, constantly uh, seek and yearn for uh, God's feeding. And they're growing so much, and uh, we, uh, older Christians and older folk, uh, we've been tasked, uh, tasked uh, with nurturing that gro- growth and guiding it uh, in a direction uh, that leads to God. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't ever want to lose that, uh, that heart for God. And it's something that uh, all these kids taught me this year. And that's what uh, really uh, taught me, something that Camp taught me this year. Thank Go Vikings. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Now, before we have our, uh, our junior camp video, we would like to bring you into junior camp just a little bit more. And I have two of my elite experts come. I have uh, Lance and Amia, if they could come. They're going to help you learn this song. Now, we did sing it last year, and this song is called If I Were a Butterfly. So if you could stand as we sing this song, we'll have the words for you. And as I get my guitar ready, you guys uh, mentally prepare. All right, hopefully some of you remember this song from last year, but this song does have actions and we are gonna put the words up. So if you know the song, you can sing along as Pastor Tim um, plays the guitar. Here we go. Here we go. If I were a butterfly, I thank you, Lord, for giving me wings. And if I were a robin in a tree, I thank you, Lord, that I If I were a wing 
you, Father, for making me me. Sing it out. Cause you gave me a heart and you gave me a smile. You gave me Jesus and you made me your child. But I just thank you, Father, for making me me. Amen. Alright, thank you. you. May be seated. All right, well, one more uh, chance for you to experience junior camp. We have uh, put together just a couple minute small highlight video for you. And if you guys are ready for that, then uh, let's sit back and enjoy junior camp. You are light green or dark green. Do you understand? Hi. We're choosing teams right now. And then it has two swords sticking out like this. Boom. Supreme. Boom. Got him. B is for blank. B is for blank. I don't.
was Natanya's work right there. Thank you, Natanya, for uh, putting that together. And it's good to have some talented interns this summer. I thank the Lord for the interns that God has given us. And speaking of Natanya, actually, we're about to have some uh, transitioning. Now we're fading into a teen camp. So that was a little bit snippet of uh, junior camp there. Junior camp does come and go really fast, just like what we just found out. But we're going to have a couple of testimonies now for, from our teen camp. And we have Natanya and Myrtle, who are going to represent our youth group this year. So Natanya, wherever you are, you can make your way up. And as soon as she's done, maybe Myrtle, she can uh, uh, even come up here and sit up here on the... Uh, maybe that's too scary for her. I'll let her just come up afterwards. Okay, never mind. Good evening. So this year's teen camp theme was about being courageous. And looking back on my life this past year, one of the most courageous things I did at school was starting a Bible club with my sister. And at first I was scared, you know, I was I was in a lot of extracurriculars at school. I was seen as a school leader and to come out as a Christian, you know, and suddenly like declare Jesus as my personal savior and to advertise it all around the school was scary because by the time you get to grade 10, by the time you get to grade 12, people already have this idea about you. They already have this conception about who you are. And I was very scared because even once I started the club, I started to lose a lot of friends and they would come up to me and they would say, how could you do that? How could you hurt other people? Like, can you imagine if a Muslim came to school and saw all your posters about Jesus? They would be so offended and they would feel so uncomfortable. Like, how could you hurt people that way? And it made me so sad. I would just cry and I would see my friends like not want to talk to me. But then do you know who came to my Christian club? A Muslim. That's exactly who. So that just reminds me of a verse that was brought up at teen camp. And it says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And it just, it's so cool to me how even when you're at your lowest point and you think you don't have friends, God will always send you somebody. And then another thing that was also going on in my life this year was um, my health concerns. So if you guys don't know, I have a lot of allergies and I suffer from a lot of different conditions, everything from anemia to scoliosis to this esophag esophagitis, esoph esophagus asthma. So <laughs> there are, there's a lot of strange things on the list, but even throughout this year, I've been able to see how God is strong in my life. And I cling to this verse that says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me so I wear it like a badge I wear I need God like a badge when I'm sick when I feel like I'm collapsing on the floor when I can't breathe I just remember that and I remember that God always keeps true to his promises and my last point was um, being in grade 12, I had to, I had to apply for a lot of things for post-secondary. And throughout this year, I was very stressed. All my friends were going to big places. They were all going to the number one universities in Toronto. We were all competing amongst ourselves for all these scholarships and awards. And you know, I saw friendships broken. I saw bitterness. And it just scared me because I wasn't sure where I was going to go. And I didn't even get into, I did the plan that I had in my head was not the plan that God had for me. And he really just showed me that I have to trust him and not just lean on my own understanding. So <laughs> that's mostly what I've learned. And that's what Teen Camp has helped me become reminded of throughout this year. Thank you so much. Well, camp this year was a true blessing. The teams were competitive, the food was great, thanks to Chef Andre, and the quality time spent was precious. 
The message preached had so much passion. The message that stood out to me the most was from Brother Patrick. He taught about he taught about courage in comparison, claiming God as your own when you have nothing else. He is mine through trials, temptations, and praises through life. I can claim, and, claim his promises and proclaim to others that he is mine in everything I do. This camp also taught me to taught me that I am so blessed to be part of such a great youth group. I'm so thankful that God put me in this youth group and encouraged that they encouraged me to grow closer to God and to do better for him. Even though we're all so different, we all have one common ground, and that is our desire to serve God. Our love for him is what keeps us so close together. Cap really showed that Cap really showed that as we all sang together, even though chapel hasn't even started sharing our testimonies on the Thursday night and talks in the tent and even in games sometimes. And I look forward to camp every year because I always come out of it different than how I came in. Thank you, Myrtle. Andre is coming now. We're going to sing our next hymn. This one's actually a hymn. It's a new hymn book. Uh, 258, I believe it is. So if you'd like to stand for this song, 258. Hymn 258, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Let's sing the first, the second, and the last stanza. There is a stanza uh, as we sing it when we get to the chorus I want the ladies to start us uh, to sing the chorus first and then we'll repeat the chorus and now now I want the guys to sing and then when we go back and repeat the very last chorus I want everyone to join in and we'll sing it out uh, on that very last chorus okay so the ladies start the guys and then we'll sing together on that last chorus okay on verse 4 it tells me one whose loving heart can feel my deepest All the ladies on the chorus. 
the guys on the chords. seated. Amen. Well, as we're transitioning into teen camp now, before our youth come up to sing our theme song for the year, Be Thou Courageous, uh, we have uh, put together a, a teen camp video, and this one's a little bit longer than normal because I wanted you to feel like you were at camp this year. So I hope as you watch it, you put yourself on the grass, on the bench, smell the firewood, and enjoy what we enjoyed at camp this past year. As the two opposing teams prepared themselves for battle, a challenge was given to be courageous through any opposition they may face in the days to come. But little did they know what battles lay ahead. The objective for each team was simple, to conquer the land. As the evening approached, the teams assembled themselves for their first battle, the battle of the playground. Assembling their own team lantern. I marked both of you guys' backs. One team will have the pink glow sticks, and the other team will have the yellow glow sticks. Woo! 
Let's go. Oh, dude, we're, we're killing the game, you know. We're showing them how it's done. All good things. and Gladiators are going to win this game. Yeah. strong. Seriously. It's not even a competition. We had to assemble the flashlight together and it got so close, there were nine pieces to the flashlight. So we assembled each one and each person had to go in and find one piece. It came down, it was 8-8, eight, eight, it was tied. And then Jaisal, I think, came with the final piece and then we ran as fast as we could. And then right behind us was the other team. And then so we were running and running and we were tripping over each other. Bodies were flying everywhere. We assembled it and then we ran back, went to the top, we shone our light and we won. And so it was. The battle for the playground was conquered by the assassins. The next morning, as the two teams gathered together, it was announced that the battle for the meadow was about to begin. The objective was simple, to build a better fort than the opposing team. Right now we are in the process of building a very sturdy, very secure structure. As you can see, we have our lead architect right behind you. He's looking around and he's just scavenging. And then we have various assistants in the back. They are uh, looking to support the structure. And then we have uh, various individuals here that are testing and making sure that the strength and, 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 uh, and, and, and integrity of our structure is absolutely 100% secure. Can I just go on record and say this is going to be a complete victory by the Grecians. Grecian strong. Woo! Very, very confident. I don't know, it's too early to say right now. I mean, there's been a lot of noise from this side, so I don't know. That's, that's, that's all that's it is. Noise noise. Ooh, uh, As the judges contemplate which team has built the best fort, it was time to take the final tour. Welcome everybody to our humble abode. This is where the Grecian gladiators meet. So if you come inside, you will see that we have this bridge and we have this beautiful leafy curtain that parts for important people. So come follow me. And this is our dinner table. As you can see, we have Gigi for Grecian Gladiator, a beautiful floral arrangement made by Myrtle. Notice that bow. We also have functional benches. And the most important part of our home is this dear messenger bird. We're praying for it, and we're going to eat it for dinner. So we call this the birdhouse. Thank you. Welcome to our Oasis, and this is for the judges. Thank you for joining us. If you please follow me. Well, we use cutting-edge technology to build a rain-resistant, multi-purpose structure whose sturdiness I will demonstrate with this test. Oh, wow. As you can see, not it's not going anywhere. As you can see, we have many, many faucets of activity. We have people here enjoying their time beside the campfire. We also have another room over here in which Lance is praying for our team that we may serve the Lord to the best of our abilities. We also have many pieces of furniture and our flags, which represent the physical embodiment of our team spirit. After much discussion, the judges finally determined a winner 
the Battle of the Forest was conquered by the Grecian gladiators. The following day, just before the next battle broke out, a leisurely walk to a remote section on the campus was ordered. Casualties were made. The battle for the field had just begun. The temperature was hot, but the competition was even hotter. After a grueling battle of physical endurance and teamwork, the assassins of Atlantis pulled out with a victory. As the next battle approached, the two teams stayed active in their conditioning as they sought hard to receive the next victory. The Battle of the Pits.
they're just super serious. They're into it. I was like, let's go, guys. They're like, like they're just all serious face. So your team is up 3-2. Yes. You win. You win the valuable pitch. What do you have mm -hmm. to say about that? Um, enjoy. take the win to even up the score. But the next battle to be fought did not require muscle or athleticism. For at the Battle of the Prayer Garden, we find both teams going head to head in an all out battle with knowledge of the Bible. For minutes, these two teams struggled against each other to gain the upper hand, but only one team could come away with the victory. was the Grecian gladiators. Despite all the many obstacles these teams had faced, Time for the final battle to begin. The Battle of the River. The objective, once again, was simple to protect the VIP across the treacherous Soaqua River. One team would split up amongst the two rafts, placing their VIP in one and a decoy in the other. The team with the driest VIP would be the victor. But somewhere, the team would be lying in 
ambush. the next team launched out, Jericho was forced to pull the entire team by himself. But would his strength be enough to bring his team to victory? Bye, guys. As the judges examined the results, it was clear that the Battle of the River belonged to the Assassins. With the battlefield all tied up, the final score would be determined by the extra activity given throughout the night. Before the winner was revealed, each team member was reminded of the previous messages about the need for courageous soldiers in God's army, but not the courage to fight their own battles but rather the courage to simply obey God. Now the time has come, the time to reveal the winners of Team Camp 2018. Hearts were pounding as the score was much closer than anticipated, but in the end, only one team could win. Team Camp 2018 was a huge success, but only because of the Lord and the constant prayers and financial support from Grace Baptist Church. Thank you. 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 Thank Thank you, Grace Baptist Church.
teens uh, prepare themselves to come up and sing. Uh, we have our theme song for the year. Our theme was Courageous, and we were about to see that in our a message to come in just a few minutes. But uh, we need more courageous Christians in our day and age. And the song was written uh, out of inspiration from Joshua chapter 1, which we'll be looking at in just a minute. And uh, our prayer is that we could develop, and when you, whenever you guys are ready, you guys can come up, but we, our prayer is that we, you guys can develop the next generation of courageous Christians. It seems that this, the generations that we're living in, it's, they're fading. They're blending into the world. They're blending into society, and they're not wanting to stand out and stand and, and do something great for God. We don't have as many Joshuas, not many Daniels in our day and age, and our prayer is that we, as young people, can even lead some of the older people to be courageous because sometimes we need a little kick we need a restart and when you see young people energetic and serving the Lord I hope it doesn't make you step back and go well I guess everything's covered now I'm good but I hope it would recharge you and help you to step up and to be more energetic in the next generation so I pray that this song is a blessing and I thank you Miss Lydia for writing it and I pray that it'd be a blessing to you today
If you could turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is where we find the challenge to be courageous, to do something that is something out of our comfort zone. And that's the world that we live in, because what's comfortable is, is against God. There was a time where to be comfortable was to fit in, and to fit in was to be like the Lord. There was a time where generations as a whole would, would serve God with their life. And to not be a Christian was, was abnormal. To not serve God was something that you look down upon, but not, that's not today. We live in a day and age where Christianity is, is looked down upon. As Tanya gave the, some of the oppression even in her school. And in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. And uh, we'll start in verse 6. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says, Be strong... And of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Lord, I'm so grateful for today. I'm so grateful for our teens, for this passage of Scripture, for Joshua and his faithfulness to you. I'm so thank thankful that we have faithful men of old that we can look to, even faithful men of presence that we could admire, that we could mimic our lives after, and we could observe men who were courageous for you. And of course, we have you to mimic most importantly. God, help us to be courageous. Help us to learn something from this passage. And for those for teens, maybe they could be reminded of what was said. As school approaches in a week, week and a half, we have just but a few days to gather up our courage, to gird up our loins as a teenager, to get ready to battle. Battle in our schools. Battle for you. Some of us go to work tonight, tomorrow. We need to ready ourselves and prepare for that spiritual warfare that we'll be facing. We live in a world where we need courage but courage that has to come from you. Joshua had it. Help us to receive that even now. We pray in your name. Amen. Today, Christians are cowards. 
There was a time in our world that being a Christian actually meant something to those who claimed it. There was a time when just the word Christian could get you killed. There was a time when true Christians were courageous for Christ. There was a time when people would die for speaking the name of Jesus. And many of those chose to die defending the name Christian. Where are those Christians today? Today's Christians complain when God tells us to change our clothing styles. Today's Christians find excuses to not change the music that God is begging them to stop listening to. Today's Christians ignore the calling of God in their life and choose a career that best suits themselves. Today's Christians don't even talk to God on a regular basis. Today's Christians skip church for sports, leisure, or work. Today's Christians spend more time trying to impress the world instead of trying to impress God. Today's Christians spend more time doing what is easy than what is required of us. Today's Christians are cowards. And it is because of our natural cowardice that we find Joshua 1.7 being written to us, which simply states, Only be thou strong and very courageous. I know personally my dad would say this to our family oftentimes, that the word fear not is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. Fear not. That's almost one time for every day of the year. Fear not. Why? Because we're fearful, cowardice people by nature. Parents need, to, need courage to consecrate their kids to God, to let them serve the Lord if God may be leading them to do so. Many parents get caught up looking at the practical side of their kid's future instead of looking at the biblical side. Do you think it was practical to walk around a city and yell at the walls and expect them to fall down? Do you think it was practical to walk across a, a sea? Do you think it's practical to get fed from ravens or five loaves and two fishes? The Bible isn't always practical. God's will isn't always uh, practical and humanly speaking or mine. But God does not work in the practical. He works in the faithful. For those who have put their faith in him. And though it may not make sense if we will have the courage to step out by faith and trust that he is going to provide for us, provide for our kids. Many kids won't get the chance to serve God fully because they have parents that make their kids serve their own wishes and desires ahead of God's. They say things like, oh, there's, there's no money in that profession. Or that career choice, that's not too stable. Imagine if every Christian was like you. If every Christian said those, those, those statements. There would be no pastors today. There would be no missionaries. There'd be very few school teachers and there'd probably be no full-time Christian workers at all. Because it's not a stable industry. It's not a stable career. And that's not why we choose it. Peter, John, the disciples, they would go out. They would have one coat on them. They would have their sandals. They would have just what they needed so that they could rely on God for the rest. It's not always a stable industry. And it's, it's scary, especially as a parent, to let your kids venture out. And for a kid, it's scary if God may be calling you into full-time service. That's scary. That's a lot of unknown, but it's a lot of faith. And once that faith is put in God, God takes care of the rest, and the practical doesn't matter anymore. Oh, the world looks at Christianity, and we're, we're a bunch of impractical people, believing in a God that maybe we haven't seen face to face. But we serve a God who is alive today, and he is real. It's time to be courageous for God. But what I find interesting is that Joshua 
In this passage, he wasn't asked to be courageous to conquer the land. He wasn't asked to be courageous to go fight the enemy. He wasn't asked to be courageous to face odds that were way against him. That wasn't why he needed courage. When we think of courage today, we think of doing the impossible. And yes, that's, jo- that's what Joshua was up against, the impossible. But I want you to look at Joshua chapter, seven, chapter 1, verse 7 again. I want you to see why God was asking Joshua to be courageous and what he needed to be courageous about. Look at this in verse 7. You've read this a hundred times. Maybe you've missed this. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest defeat the enemy. Is that what it says? That thou mayest destroy the Philistines, conquer the land. No. Be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. God said, Joshua, I need you to be courageous to obey me. Just to obey. We need the courage to obey God tonight. The courage for obedience. There is no need to be courageous to fight in battles. God does the fighting for us. The only reason to be courageous is simply to obey the commands that God has already placed in our lives. And as we look at this passage, the first thing I see here is that in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6, that we need to learn to rely on the person and promises of the Lord. We need to learn to rely on the person and the promises of the Lord. We need courage to rely on God. We don't need courage to fight, although there is a lot of fighting that needs to be done. We will have to get our hands dirty. We will need to grab our sword, but God's going to do all the fighting for us. The victory has been won. Look in verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers. God already has promised to give them the land. It's already theirs. The deed has been given to Joshua. I've signed it, God. Now go in there and just take it. So the, the battle was won. There was no need for courage to fight because it wasn't theirs to fight for. It was God's and he had given it away. They just needed obedience to obey God and to go get it. If you read Joshua, every time they, got, they gathered themselves together and they fought, they won. There was one instance in Ai where Joshua didn't win the first time. That's because there was sin in the camp. But when the people's hearts were right with God, and with one accord they grabbed their swords and they walked in, the people, there was almost no casualties ever. Israel was one of the only wars that would go in with swords and shields, and not one of their people would die. They would walk up to an army of 100,000 plus and find them all dead because they killed themselves. Because they were crazy? No, because God already gave them the land. And those people were on it. They only needed the courage to simply obey. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7 says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With an arm of flesh, they with an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah. 
Hezekiah, he, he, he must have read Joshua's diary. He knew, this is our land. These people can't, don't have a right to come in here. Gird up your loins, grab your swords, and let's win. And guess what? They won. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. I can go on. I have an entire list of verses where God has promised Israel to be courageous, but not courageous to fight, courageous just to obey my command. But not only do we need courage to rely on the person and the promises of the Lord in verse 6, but in verse 7, we need courage to rely on the precepts and prosperity of the Lord. Look what happens in verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. We know this, but we don't practice it. We know this, we've heard this verse, we know this concept like the back of our hand. That's new. We learn this concept all the time, but the thing is, we oftentimes don't put it into practice. Because this, look, 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 excuse, excuse me, look back at verse 7. When I get excited, I stutter. In verse 7, it says that thou mayest prosper. Our world wants to prosper. We want to be prosperous. And you as parents, of course, you want your kids to be prosperous. You would not be a good parent if you didn't. You want your kids to be successful. Many of you left your country to come and hopefully to give your kids a, a, a bigger chance, maybe for education, for this. We want prosperity, but prosperity is not found in possessions. It's not found in material. It's not found in education. It's not found in money. It's not found in, in, in anything else except in the precepts of God's word. That's where prosperity comes from. It comes from right here, this book. And we parents, we know this, but sometimes we forget to practice that and demonstrate that to our kids. We forget that it is God. And when we put God first in our life, when we come to church, even when it's hard for us, even if we have to lose some money uh, on Sundays in order to come to church, when we make those sacrifices, our kids are going to grow up and they're going to see a real Christian in you. And they're going to realize what real Christianity is about. It's not about this world. It's about the precepts of God. Because that's where prosperity comes from, from His Word, from knowing God, from that relationship with Him. This is where it comes from. First Chronicles 22, verse 13 says, Then shalt thou prosper if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with. You see that? You can prosper if you listen to the words of God. And then he finishes with, Be strong and of good courage. Dread not, nor be dismayed. Second Chronicles 15, verse 8, And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. When he got rid of the land, when he cleansed his life, he needed courage to do that because it's hard. But he took that courage and he realized that it was God's word. When he heard God's word, that's when the courage came out. 
That's when the prosperity really set in. We need courage to rely on the person and the promises of the Lord. We need courage to rely on the precepts and the prosperity of the Lord. But lastly, in verse 8, we need courage to rely on the protection and power of the Lord. Because in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. This goes back to our last point here, to relying on the precepts of God's word. This is why we, Joshua needed courage right here for verse 8, because of the book of the law. It won't depart out of thy mouth, but if you will meditate therein day and night, then thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. You'll have prosperity. You'll have success in life after you follow God's word, after you have the courage to obey his commands. This is why we learned this morning about knowing God's will. Knowing God's will doesn't come. You can't find God's will in the world. It's not there because God is not in the world. He is against the world. He is the opposite of the world. The world is at enmity with God. You want to find prosperity. You want to find the, uh, success in life. It's through God. It's through his word. It's through his relationship. It's through your knees. That is how you find the will of God. And if you as parents truly love your kids, you will allow them to follow God's leading, to follow his will, even if it's uncomfortable for you, even if you need more courage than your kids to let them go. Consider allowing them to find true prosperity. Even if they don't have as much money as you wish they had. But we need courage to rely on the protection and power of the Lord. If we could have this one, the rest will fall into place. Because in verse 9, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. Here's the promise. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Some places. Uh, as long as you're not out of Wi-Fi range, God's with you. Now what does it say? Whithersoever thou goest. What does David say? Whether, uh, whether I'm in the belly or... Uh, I'm not going to say it right, so I'm not even going to say it. But wherever I am, God is there. I think it's uh, Psalms 139. He knows our down sittings, our risings. He knows our thoughts. He, he's everywhere that we are. And God is with us. Rely on the protection. In Psalms 27 and verse 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 31 24, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. We need, we need courageous Christians today. We need that courage. I always think of 1 Kings 19 when Elijah just rained down fire from heaven. Boy, talk about courage. Courage to stand up against, what is it, 850 prophets of Baal. To stand up against them. In reality, physically, he was by himself. Of course, he had the king of kings and lord of lords. And the courage to risk humiliation and honestly death. In any other situation, Elijah probably realized, Lord, if you don't come through for me, I am going to die right now. I mean, Ahab wants my life. Jezebel hates me. And now I'm, I'm on this, I'm on Mount Carmel, I'm in front of everybody. Lord, if you don't pull through for me, he risked his life for his God. And guess what? God came through for him. All that courage 
But you know what? Right after that courage, that, that, that mountain of courage that Elijah went through, he found himself scared and running. Jezebel sent soldiers after him, and a few chapters later, we find Elijah scared. Even men of courage can have times of fearfulness, because that's humanity. But God then comes back, he kneels down next to Elijah in a still small voice, and he renews that comfort. He renews that strength within him again. I don't know where we are tonight as, as Christians. If we're a new Christian, maybe you're still building up that courage. Maybe we, you've been saved for decades, longer than I've been alive. You've been saved for many times. You've read the Bible through. And you know the precepts and the promises of God, but maybe you've started to lose that courage a bit. You've seen yourself complacent at work. You're not as bold as you once were. You, you seem to care a lot about what people think of you, and you're trying to, to fit in. I, I, I challenge you just to consider where you're at in your life right now. Consider where you could be more courageous for God. Maybe as parents, you just need the courage to, to allow your kids to serve the Lord. Maybe as kids, you need courage to allow God to speak to you and maybe to say yes, to surrender your life, to say, Lord, I've told people out loud and I've convinced myself that I'm willing to go where you want me to go, but I'm not really willing. Because when I plan my future, I never plan on it being this. I'm always planning on, uh, on, on this specific direction. Ask yourself, where are you at today? Will you join the ranks? Will you engage in the fight? It was God when he snuck up next to Elijah and he whispered to him. And he says, Elijah, you're not alone. I know it looks like you're all by yourself. I know you were the only one that stood for me on that mountain and I thank you for it. And you'll be blessed for that. But Elijah, I want you to understand, even though nobody was on that mountain with you, there's still 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. There's still 7,000 people who are out there. Maybe they're not quite as courageous as you, but I need you to lead them. I need you to stay courageous. I need you to be who you need to be because God hasn't come back yet. Look at our church here today. There are some good churches here in Surrey, here in BC. There's still good churches in the world. We're not alone yet. There's no point in giving up yet. There's still so much to be conquered for God. We need to stand back up. We need to get courageous. We need to get back in His Word. Because God can give us the victory. We just have to remember where the victory comes from. And it's already us. The deed is given to us. But we just need to, to get our strength back up again. It doesn't matter the age or how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter who you are. Let's grab that sword. Let's wake up in the morning with our Bible open. And let's win. Let's conquer Let's be courageous for God. Elijah, as courageous as he was, he needed a restart. He needed a reminder. And perhaps this reminder, this message is simple, but that we would remember the precepts of God comes from his promises, which is simply to obey his precepts. And with that, I'd like us, if we could stand and close in prayer as we, we pray.